Welcome to the Doctors In Podcast. On this podcast, we discuss health and science-related issues with current medical, pharmacy, dental, and physical therapy students. These students have researched a topic of interest to them and published an article in the University of Iowa newspaper, The Daily Iowan. We are podcast hosts, Ben Martin and Nathan Seberg. We are both third-year students of physical therapy. We created this podcast to provide free information on well-being and health and highlight many of the resources available to students at the University of Iowa. Our previous ep- episodes can be found on our Facebook page, The Doctor Is In U Iowa, or on Spotify at The Doctor Is In Beyond the Prescription. Today, our guest is Sam Choice, a third year medical student at the University of Iowa. Sam will be discussing bowel movements today, or poop, and what to look at in terms of color and when to contact a health care provider. Check out Sam's article titled The Poop Palette, What Colors Are Normal in the Bathroom, and When to Seek Help from a Healthcare Provider. Welcome, Sam. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, thanks for joining us. So first off, um, just kind of tell us broad terms generally. Why should we care about the color of our poop and what does that mean as a health indicator? I mean, I've kind of noticed that eating certain salads, like big leafy meals that it definitely changes the, the color of what's in the toilet. Um, is this normal? Should I be looking down more? What's going on? With that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's one of those things where um, I think it's, you know, in, in a sense, it's kind of gross. I get it. No one likes talking about it. No one likes looking. Uh, but it takes, you know, half a second, just a quick look. Um, and it, it's generally, it can give you some pretty good insights into, uh, what's going on in the GI system. If you're having specific problems, they might help kind of point you towards something, uh, a diagnosis or something of that sort. Um, again, it's not something you need to obsess over if the hue is, you know, uh, it's slightly gray brown today instead of just regular, you know, dark brown, you know, those aren't things to obsess over. There's tons of variation based on what you eat. Uh, what's in the food you eat, what color the food you eat is. Um, but it is just kind of a good thing to know, especially as like a anxious college student, I would always kind of just be like, you know, and maybe making bad life choices, have going out one night, coming back the next morning and looking in the toilet and be like, man, I don't know what to do about that. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's good to know because it helps you with your health and it probably helps quell some anxiety for the other anxious people out there in the world like me. Perfect. Okay. Can you kind of start us out by uh, telling us what a normal bowel movement looks like? Uh, I noticed that, you know, how much, you know, you eat, how many times a day when you eat can all kind of affect um, a normal like frequency of bowel movement and what it looks like. And can you also talk about um, some foods or even maybe even classes of medications that can affect uh, the frequency of our poop? Yeah, yeah, of course. So it's actually really fun to look at the studies for these. Uh, Usually they're from like the 70s and 80s. So (laughs) they've always got uh, some some fun insights from back then. But uh, typically uh, where people have landed is three times a day at the top end to three times a week at the bottom end is generally where most of the population sits. Uh, And kind of again, and with everything, when it comes to these things, if you're off for a week or two and it's not a longstanding problem, that's all right. It's just kind of the average is 
three times a day to three times a week. Um, you know, generally, you know, a lot of the population experiences straining at some points, often has constipation, but rarely, you know, these things happen. Um, it just kind of becomes a problem if it becomes a consistent thing. Um, so yeah, what you eat, obviously, uh, very important. Anyone who's ever done a juice cleanse can tell you exactly how bad that can go in terms of stool quality. <laughs> or uh, prepped for a colonoscopy for the older folks mm. out there. Um, yeah, if you have tons of liquid in your diet or tons of fiber, it speeds things up in your colon. Um, and when things go fast, they have less time to absorb the water out of your stool, which is normally what's going on in your large intestine. So if you're moving quick, not getting enough water out, you start to get kind of loose diarrhea-like stools. And so, yeah, uh, generally lots of fiber will move things quick and lots of liquids. Um, foods that cause constipation, you know, lack of fiber is generally the thing. It's kind of the corollary, right? If you slow everything down, it's gonna take out too much water in the colon and you get kind of really hard rock-like stools and that's no fun for anyone. Uh, <laughs> um, also really high protein diets can kind of slow down the, uh, slow down colonic transport, but it's not, not super well studied, you know, all the keto craze these days, you know, so it might be something to, something to watch out for. Yeah. I do wonder those people that do like the all meat diets or even just like keto diets that have like basically no fiber in them. That's gotta be yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's tough. Your body, your body's great at adapting to kind of what you eat, you know, we're mm. omnivores at heart. So I can kind of figure it out after a while, but yeah, no, I could definitely hit you hard if you're not ready. Uh, and then the last one medication. So, uh, yes. yeah. So medications that can cause, uh, diarrhea, we could, I mean, we could sit here all day and talk about the, the meritable dictionary of those that exist, but some big ones, uh, like PPI or, uh, sorry, antacids, um, mm -hmm. can cause diarrhea, uh, things like, uh, Pepsid or, uh, like certain like Tums, like antacids, if you take a lot of them can cause diarrhea, uh, antidepressants, uh, SSRIs are a big one. Um, things like Zoloft, they can, uh, kind of alter the colon transport, speed things up and give you diarrhea. Metformin, that's a big one for diabetes and pretty much any antibiotic can kind of wreak havoc there in terms of diarrhea and constipation. Everybody knows uh, opioids. So opioids, yeah. if you're taking opio opioids, you got to be real careful with what you're eating. Sure. Yeah, and, and like the biggest drug that college students take is caffeine and that. Yeah, that definitely. Yeah, that, 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 that can get things moving. That activates yeah. some receptors in the stomach <laughs> and speeds things up. And then, you know, that's, that could be great. You know, you get your morning coffee, you go to the bathroom. It's like right. your step for the day. Yeah. Just sit there and study all day then. <laughs> Before we kind of get into the different colors, um, let's talk briefly about something that you didn't really cover in your article, consistency, the Bristol stool scale. What a, what a great thing. Um, my brother actually gave a coffee mug to my mom with the Bristol school um, <laughs> a few years ago for Christmas. So That's kind of nasty, man. Yeah, it is. Oh. It's dear to my heart. But um, 
can you just kind of run us through that chart really quickly and what normal looks like? Yeah, yeah. So for those who are not the faint of heart, uh, I recommend Googling it. Um, it's kind of a scale of one to seven on how loose your stool is. Um, I'll touch on a few, but like a one is like the hardest stool. It's like really tiny, small, pebbly. Uh, you know, it's, it's much easier to just look at the picture, but that can happen with like really bad constipation. If you're taking a lot of opioids or like pain medicines or not having any fiber in your diet. Um, normal is they generally want to look for uh, in a scale of three to four, right in the middle. Uh, they describe it as a sausage shaped, like a snake, which I think is funny and weird. Uh, but yeah, so just <laughs> <laughs> well-formed, solid, uh, but not hard, I guess. You know, you can be the judge of that. You're the one on the toilet. Some Goldie, um, Goldilocks poop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then type six and seven, those are like diarrhea, and that's that's just liquid. Uh, so you should, you know, again, yeah, don't want to be in that zone for too long. That's fair. So that, that's a perfect description, I think, right there. Let's let's circle back to uh, kind of like the the title of your article, which is the poop palette. So let's start talking about some of the colors. Uh, the normal color that you discuss is like a brown green color. So what kind of happens chemically in our poop to cause this, this brown green color and not have my poop look like exactly what I ate for lunch. So look green, like my salad or yeah, you know, red, like my pasta sauce. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good question. And to, to some, for some foods, it can affect the color of your stool, but yeah, generally everything comes out brown and that's because uh in your liver um when you eat food it releases these things called bile acids and they're kind of these compounds that are formed in our liver stored in the gallbladder and they get sent into our small intestine when we eat and digest stuff and they help pick up fats and help your body absorb fats and certain vitamins um and normally most of them just get reabsorbed in the small intestine, but a small amount does make it into kind of what the, what the stool is becoming as it moves through. And those are actually kind of like a dark green to start with. Um, but as it moves through your GI system, the bacteria kind of get a hold of those bile salts and I don't like digest them and chemically alter them. And they just slowly kind of turn to that normal brown color that, you may know and may love um, kind of as it makes it way through, makes its way through your GI system. So it's uh, mostly the bile acids that you're seeing that have been kind of processed by bacteria. That's that gives it its color. Sounds great. Um, we're going to run through That's great. every color <laughs> I can possibly imagine. And I want you to tell me every single reason. No, I'm just All right. But in general, <laughs> so if we're seeing like, bird poop color like kind of white you think what are some some reasons that we could be seeing white in the toilet yeah yeah so i would like to add a caveat that generally for all of these most of them other than maybe black and red if you see it once or twice and then it goes away it's probably just related to your food um but these are more kind of things to notice if you notice chronically then they kind of start to point towards a certain picture but yeah white colored stools um Smart people call those like acolic stools. Um, 
but usually it's a sign of kind of like a lack of those bile acids that we were talking about. And that can happen in really any kind of way, right? So they're formed in your liver. So if you have liver problems, like, I don't know, like hepatitis or like alcoholic, like liver disease or like an obstruction in your like liver ducts, uh, then those bile acids won't make it out and they won't make it into your stool. And so it'll just kind of look like the, the classic term is clay colored, but yeah, like kind of white cream, um, just cause those bile acids aren't there. Um, and so usually you don't see that in isolation, right? If you have like a big liver problem, you'll have like fatigue and like everybody knows jaundice, right? Um, you know, you kind of get the yellowing of the eyes and the skin, um, but yeah, it can happen alone. So it's just kind of something to be aware of. Um, but yeah, no, that's generally generally what causes the acolic stools. Um, it can be anything related to the bile duct system, any obstructions in there or failure to create bile acids, so. Perfect, let's keep going through the palette. Uh, what, what about a yellow stool if my stool's looking, looking yellow? <laughs> Yeah, so yellow, yellow, well, yellow is actually really common in like young babies. Uh, I don't actually know exactly why that is, but it's very common in young babies. Like that's kind of the way you want to see their stools. Um, hmm. Can also be really related to uh, what you eat. Uh, people who eat like a ton of carrots, uh, things with beta carotene in them. I think yams, turmeric, uh, those can cause yellow stools. I mean, corn, just because it's not digested and it's yellow, mm. but, <laughs> um, but also like going from a biological standpoint, um, a lot of times for people with like celiac disease or what we call like malabsorption disorders, where you're not picking up all the nutrients that are in your uh, stool, you can kind of have like these yellow greasy stools that are kind of laden with like fats that you didn't absorb when they were in your small intestine. So celiac disease is kind of a classic example of that. There's again, you know, this a billion, uh, I guess it's a podcast again, I'm showing my hands wide right now, but there's a billion reasons um, that you could have different malabsorption disorders, but it could, it could be a sign that you're not kind of absorbing all the nutrients that are kind of in your food. So something to check on. That's good. Um, the next two kind of essentially go hand in hand, but we'll talk about more individually. So first of all, red. So my first thought is like beets if I'm eating them, but <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't eat that many beets. So that's probably not a great thing if I see. Yeah. That. Yeah. No, I mean, if you're like a big borscht fan or, yeah. uh, I know you can ferment them, but yeah, no beets and, um, I think radishes to some extent, red Kool-Aid, uh, anything with red food coloring in it. A lot of food coloring doesn't get digested well. So that's always kind of a wild card uh, that can change the color. Um, but yeah, I think, I think red's kind of the, the like very pertinent one. It's like the scariest and it's like, oh, it's blood. Um, but it's actually kind of interesting because generally most doctors will be how do I put this? It's, it's a little less alarming to see red than black, which is kind of a different spectrum of blood we'll get to. But yeah, red stool usually means, um, so kind of like what we talked about the bile acids, right? As things move through your um, GI tract, uh, the bacteria digest it and it changes colors. 
blood is kind of the same way. So if it's still red when it comes out, it usually means it's very low in the GI tract and it didn't have a chance to get digested. So um, I think the most common one that I think, God, I want to say like 60% of people in America get at some point in their life is like a hemorrhoid. Um, and that can be kind of like a dilated vein in and around the rectum. Um, it kind of gets irritated as stool passes over it and can bleed a little bit. Um, but generally it's a small amount of blood. Usually the, the, the way they describe it is like they, you see like a blots of blood on the toilet paper. Um, and those are usually pretty benign, you know, generally you can just use some over-the-counter creams, um, or, you know, if they keep bleeding or very painful, you can go to your doctor and there's a bunch of different kind of like medications they can give to reduce the pain and reduce the swelling. Um, there can be, you know, more scary causes, you know, of lower GI bleeding that can cause red stool, you know, but um, generally for young, healthy adults, they don't get these things, but it's just very rarely could be, you know, colon cancer or um, like small ulcerations from kind of uh, certain infections. And again, super rare. Um, and yeah, I, sorry, I forgot to mention infectious causes as well. Um, things like dysentery for those who played the Oregon Trail games. Uh, <laughs> I can cause bloody, bloody diarrhea and different like types of E. coli can, but usually, you know, you, you know, you have like a fever and things like that. So there's a lot that can cause it, but mostly it's hemorrhoids. That's, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of relieving a little bit. So you mentioned that black is typically seen as a little bit more serious by healthcare providers that are going to be seeing this. Why would that be? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a really good question. Um, so kind of what I was saying earlier is when you see black stools, there's a lot of things that can cause black stools. Um, you know, there's like that are benign, uh, you know, there's like fad toothpaste with charcoal in them. Um, you know, uh, people who eat tons of Oreos or like, you know, just eat a whole sleeve of Oreos and nothing else for dinner. Um, Black licorice, if you eat like a ton of it, can turn it black. Um, taking iron supplements or uh, weird Pepto-Bismol also, mm -hmm. those can turn your stool black. Um, but generally, uh, the most feared thing is uh, that there's a bleed somewhere in the upper GI tract. So when I say upper, I mean esophagus, stomach, kind of the beginning of the small intestine. And it would turn the stool black because there's kind of blood in your digestive system. And then as it moves through, it gets digested by those bacteria, changes the color from the red that we know to the kind of dark, sticky black that uh, we kind of see with upper GI bleeds. So of course, there's always a lot of very like um, benign things that could be related to diet or medicines you're taking. But the feared thing is that you could have like a stomach ulcer or a bleed somewhere else or like a abrasion in your esophagus or something that could be causing that. And so, you know, it's, uh, if it's associated with like fatigue or like uh, shortness of breath, anemia, things like that, it's, it's really something that you wanna get checked out sooner rather than later. Um, just because, you know, it, it could be very benign but it's not something you wanna miss. Perfect. I think that's an excellent summary of all the different colors that you covered in the article. And I think it's great that you talked about some of the reasons that 
it can be not dangerous while your, your poop is changing color and it can be totally normal, which is good too. But for those times that is not normal, can you kind of talk about um, when you want to start to bring out concerns with a healthcare provider and go at, leading up to an appointment that you schedule with them? What are some things you want to pay attention to in your um, stool that you might want to talk with them about? And then yeah. Additionally, oh, yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. Yeah. I mean, uh, things like you could always keep like a diary, um, just a quick, like, it doesn't have to be months long, but like, a uh, if it's an everyday thing, you could do a couple days, week long diary of kind of symptoms you're having, how often you're going consistency. Um, if there's any blood, if you're having cramping, um, just because a lot of these GI things, the timeline of events is very important for kind of helping stratify what could be going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's always important if, you, and, you know, uh, take a picture, you know, if it looks really weird, you know, it's gross, you know, you don't want to have that on your phone, but if it's like grossly abnormal to you and you want someone to see it, take a picture because, you know, sometimes it just helps kind of lead you towards a diagnosis. Sometimes somebody's definition of green, red, black, whatever is very different than your definition of green, red, or black. So mm-hmm. it can kind of help cut down on ambiguity or like uh, miscommunication. Um, but yeah, so that's always just helpful to have kind of a symptom diary and getting a picture of, of what's been going on. That, yeah, it's all been really great. If you could kind of boil your entire article, this entire conversation down to like one takeaway point, what would that be? I'd say probably take an extra second a day, just look in the toilet bowl and know what to, what to watch out for and know that probably for young undergrads, 99 out of 100 times, it's probably going to be all right. But just knowing when to when to escalate it, it's a helpful skill. It's good. It's a good takeaway. Uh, thanks for joining us. You're officially our first guest of this like most recent school year. We've kind of been slacking a little bit and getting these out, but um, we really appreciate you taking the time to come talk with us. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Thanks a lot. Mm-hmm.